0: The Puppy 2 is here on Underdog Fantasy, a $1 million prize pool, just $5 entry fee, $150,000 to first place. A sprinkle of money to the best regular season teams, and a pretty interesting tournament structure. So here today, we're going to draft in the Puppy 2 and see if we can get a little funky and get our share of that $1 million. Let's do it. So really quick before we hop into this Puppy 2 draft, I do just want to run down the advancement structure, the tournament structure, and uh, take a quick look at how maybe the, the structure, payout structure, advancements, regular season component, how all of that can play into maybe how we think about this tournament. So really quickly you see here, obviously $5 entry fee on the Puppy, the Puppy 2 with a $1,000,000 in total prizes, $150,000 to first place, and hundred dollars so 10% of that $1,000,000 total prize pool is going to the top regular season teams. More on that in just a second. And out of that $100,000 to the regular season winners, you'll see a $10,000 top prize to the highest scoring regular season team, a.k.a. Weeks 1 through 14. When we scroll down just a little bit more, we can get the kind of final information about this tournament. From an advancement structure perspective, it's kind of about what we would expect, but a little bit better than, say, the tournament, uh, a tournament like we see with Best Ball Mania 4, in terms of it's just a little bit easier to maybe advance in this one with a little bit smaller final. So, in your 12 team league, as is the case in just about every best ball tournament, you have to finish in the top two to advance to the playoffs. That's round one in round two. You have to finish first out of 12 teams. And then we move to round three and we have to finish first out of 10 teams. So if we compare that to best ball mania Four, a little bit better, right? In best ball mania Four, it's 16 and 16 in rounds two and three pretty tough. And then you, you make it through rounds one, two and three to the final, the week 17 championship. That is a 313 team. Final round, there. On the payout side of things, as is the case with Best Ball Mania Four, we have two kind of different components in terms of how the heck do you make money in this. On the tournament side of things, pretty basic prize you know breakdown as as we see here: one hundred fifty thousand to first, seventy five thousand second, fifty. It's a pretty strong strong payout structure. What I will just throw out there is just advancing out of your twelve team league. Nets you $6, not $6 in profit, six total dollars. So you make a dollar in, in profit. So that's something we'll probably discuss a little bit later in terms of, yes, we want to advance as many teams as possible, but we really don't start seeing any money. Just to double your money, you have to finish in the top 15,650 teams. And I look at the regular season prize prize breakdown as we said a hundred thousand of the one million dollar prize pool goes to the regular season pretty flat payout structure over there on the regular season side but the one really notable thing that we see here is only 100 total teams receive any money for the regular season that's right 100 total teams in the entire tournament make money from the regular season and basically half of those make 250 dollars Absolutely. We want to be turning $5 into $250. That's great. But we're really aiming to make as much money as possible in these best ball tournaments and finish really highly. And so while there is 10% of the prize pool and $100,000 going to the regular season side of things, it still is only going to the top 100 total teams. So from a strategy perspective, it's something that I'm not sure that we really want to be. Targeting too, too much. And just one final note on that, specifically in reference to that regular season side of things, you see here, the tournament will consist of 225,360 entries. So if you are focusing on, say, the regular season side of things, I'm not sure that this is maybe the best tournament for you. If only 100 teams are making money in the regular season, that is a drastically low percentage. 0.04% of teams even make any money in the regular season, that being 100 out of 225,000 teams. So the regular season to me looks a little bit more like a nice to have than a priority in terms of our strategy. So we're in the draft now. We got the 103. We are on the clock. And interesting start to this draft. Normally, every single draft starts Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at the 101 and the 102, but the 102 decided to take Christian McCaffrey in this one. So we're just gonna we're just gonna take Jamar Chase at the 103 when we get the chance. We're starting to get close to back on the clock here in the second round. And something I'm really trying to do in these specific tournaments, like the puppy the Poodles, the tournaments that are only open for a very small pocket of time. It's very different than something like Best Ball Mania or the majority of our drafts on DraftKings or Drafters. When we know that this tournament is going to fill in a very short period of time, I'm looking to get some of these unique combinations of players at the starts of drafts because there's no chance later in the season for those combinations to become more popular because it's only happening during this specific time you know these let's say this is open for two weeks there's only two weeks where drafts are happening so i'm gonna do a little something maybe even a little bit funky and i'm I'm gonna pull mark andrews all the way up here i can either get the andrews lamar stack but i also just think generally speaking jamar chase and mark andrews are going to be a relatively low owned combination because they're adps don't really align and so here i am going to take lamar jackson and get this fun little lamar andrews start with jamar chase so while we're waiting to come back up on the clock in the fourth round i went ahead and looked up our ownership projections of jamar chase with either lamar jackson or mark andrews and the interesting thing you'll find you can go to spikeweek.com go to tools in the header and find our ownership projections. And when I look at the projections for today, specifically because I'm drafting today and this tournament is going to be filled pretty quickly. When I search for Jamar Chase, I'll see Mark Andrews showing up on Jamar Chase teams about 9% of the time, which is in the, you know, it's somewhere around the 30th most popular combination of Jamar Chase with any other player in the first eight rounds. But then when I look at Lamar Jackson with Jamar Chase, that's only 3% owned. So I'm able to quickly and easily just by pulling up Mark Andrews a little bit and just by pulling up Lamar Jackson a little bit, get myself this very unique start. And I'm clearly getting a nice stack with the Ravens, an elite quarterback and an elite tight end. I have my superstar wide receiver. These are the kind of starts I'm looking to target specifically in this tournament, like the puppy two coming back up on the clock in the fourth round. And this is another spot where I'm not doing everything for uniqueness. Let's get that out of the way first, but we're in this area of the draft where it's an extremely kind of flat tier, if you will. So I'm going to look, To, of course, some of the potential unique combos, but I'm also going to look to some of my exposures. And you see here with, say, Christian Watson, I have 13% Christian Watson in Best Ball Mania over here specifically. But also for me, I have my draft hacker set up to show this second number is what we call the slate percentage. So across all my drafts for 2023, this is the percentage I have of that player. And so... With Christian Watson falling here, he's very interesting to me. And I'm just going to go ahead and take in this flat tier, this wide receiver who I'm a little bit not underweight on. I draft a lot of those fourth round wide receivers. Shocker. But I'm just going to take Christian Watson because I have a good clip more of Terry McLaurin there, as you see, 30% in best ball mania and 22% overall in 2023. We're really seeing a fall. I'm seeing this in a lot of my drafts, a fall from Joe Burrow and on one hand you might say well maybe you wish you didn't take Lamar Jackson when Joe Burrow falls here but in terms of that uniqueness and a little bit lower owned combination like we were talking about Jamar Chase using our spike week ownership projections and Joe Burrow project to be tied for the fourth highest owned combination of any two players The highest is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are nearly rivaling their ownership. So I'm not saying to not draft any Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I'm going to have some of those stacks as well. It's a very good stack to have. But with Joe Burrow falling a lot, he he kind of is a, not a linchpin, but he's a, uh, you know, a marker for how your draft is going. The players who have like me, who have Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or maybe Travis Kelsey are obviously gonna be the teams more likely to draft him. And he has been falling quite a bit, but that is making the the combinations of Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Kelsey even more attainable and even more popular. So I'm gonna try to be a little bit underweight to that combination of players while not being underweight to Jamar Chase specifically or Travis Kelsey or those kinds of things. I think we can build our teams just a little bit different than how everyone else is building them with say a burrow and chase stack, even though his ADP value is quite nice here. I can offset the power of say the ADP value with some unique combinations. And I did take Michael Pittman, not necessarily one of my absolute favorite players in in this draft. But again, he was in a spot where I'm still, despite the fact I haven't taken a running back, trying to catch up a little bit at, at, at wide receiver. I have Jamar Chase, Christian Watson and Michael Pittman because I dropped an elite quarterback and an elite tight end within the first three rounds. I'm trying to make sure that I don't get run out of wide receivers. And so I'm going to keep kind of hitting this range of wide receivers as long as it makes sense. Michael Pittman also gives me flexibility if I wanted to do something with Anthony Richardson. And he's a player who I haven't drafted very much of. So similar to the Christian Watson uh, discussion point, I have, you know, can lean on the fact that I'm in this flat tier there. Where I know I need a wide receiver, and I haven't drafted very much of him, and he's the highest one by ADP. So I'm going to default to that player. And that's just my personal preference. If you want to full out fade individual players, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for me personally, I like to use that as a little bit of a tiebreaker. When I start to get into this range, again, another pretty flat tier of wide receivers for me with my draft hacker how I have it set up with my last two percentages here the second to last percentage is the number of, of times I drafted this player with my first round pick the last percentage here is the number of times you know, the percentage of the time I drafted this player with my second round pick but I'm going to take Jordan Anderson you see here I have 0% in best ball mania and 5% in all of 2023 so in this flat tier where I haven't taken him a ton in general, he also correlates with Christian Watson. So here in the seventh, I queued up four different wide receivers. And as you can see here, I've been taking a lot of Jahan Dotson and a lot of Gabe Davis and a lot less of George Pickens and Traylon Burks. So there in the seventh, another way that I can use the draft hacker, my exposure data, combinations of players and all those different things in real time to help me make what I believe is the smartest decision there when I'm on the clock. As I said before, I'm still trying to hammer wide receiver there through that range because A, I think the wide receivers are uh, still really strong there and there's going to be a huge drop off here in the eighth or ninth round at wide receiver. So I'm trying to stay strong at wide receiver despite the fact that I took a detour for Lamar Jackson and for Mark Andrews early and I'm able to use some of this data to help me make the selection that makes the most sense for just this team as we saw Jordan Addison a little bit after ADP correlates with Christian Watson in week 17 so I side with him there I also had less of him than some of the other wide receivers that were on the board George Pickens same thing happens Christian Watson falls past ADP and I have a little less of him than another wide receiver on the board Terry McLaurin George Pickens there in the 7th again not really one of my personal Favorite wide receivers, but I have tons and tons of Gabe Davis and Jahan Dotson. Pickens is, you know, about right at ADP, right? But he's the top wide receiver on the board. And it's high, It's flashing into my face. He is correlated in week 15 and week 16. I'm not reaching for players. I'm not making my decision entirely based upon that. But when you get to a spot where you're deciding between George Pickens and Jahan Dotson or George Pickens and Gabe Davis or one of the three you start lining those little things up and there's tiny little boost as to why I take George Pickens on this particular team. This is where things start to get interesting and you're sitting and hoping and praying that somehow Rashad Bateman falls all the way back to you. I really don't see a way that that happens, but if he does we'll gladly scoop him up to add to our Raven stack. I don't think I want on a team when I drafted Lamar Jackson in the early third round, I don't think this is an Anthony Richardson team, because I just have so much ground to make up. You know, I, I don't have a drafted a running back yet, and uh, I, my wide receivers are, are are fine, but not incredibly amazing. So I'm I'm probably not trying to hit two quarterbacks in the first eight or nine rounds. If he were to somehow fall further than that, maybe we can have a discussion. But um, Bateman is definitely the. Would have been there. He goes there at the eight oh eight, and but now we start to look at again. We look at some of our our what's showing here in our in our data to help drive some of these decisions. One thing I am doing, you see, I have zero Michael Thomas. I also have zero Cortland Sutton, and I'm going to put Cortland Sutton in the queue. Not because I love him. Clearly, I don't. I haven't drafted him at all. But I've reached this spot where I don't really love much. That's on the board. Bateman was kind of the last wide receiver of a tier there for me. And so I'm going to take this guy to keep keep my wide receiver strong. I'll probably end with just seven wide receivers. So now it's about to be running back time for me here at pick 99. But I, I just I'm personally full fading Michael Thomas in 2023. So I'm going to stick to that. But Cortland Sutton isn't isn't a player I'm super excited about, but is not necessarily a player that I'm actively full fading. So when we get to this spot in this tier, I'm interested in these wide receivers. The wide receivers are also the best picks on the board. I don't want to take the quarterback. So then I default to the guy who I'm, I haven't hardly drafted at all. Elijah Moore is the guy, or Jamison Williams, as you see here. I have 9% Elijah Moore, 18% Jamison Williams but I take those guys very frequently and particularly with some of these other players. I've been taking these guys. You see 29% of Jamison Williams with um, Jamar Chase. And it's not that that, there's anything wrong with that, but it's not something I'm actively seeking out. Oh, I need to have Jamison Williams with Jamar Chase a bunch of the time. So I'm just going to smooth that out by taking Cortland Sutton. Now, clearly, I'm in need of a running back. We see here the top running back, by ADP, on the board is also another guy who I haven't drafted a ton and just so happens to correlate with George Pickens in week 17. So I'm going to take that guy who fits a zero running back structure, fits this team, and I just so happen to have not taken a ton of. And now we'll come back and be hammering running back here probably for several rounds. We're about to get to a range where I really love these running backs and I'm really hoping... To get two of them onto this team, but I don't have a super strong preference between AJ Dillon. Devin A. Chain probably makes the most sense on this team, although A. J. Dillon also uh, is looking like he could be an ADP value and give some correlation. Rashad Penny and De- there goes A. Rashad Penny and Damian Harris are my two favorite running backs in this range alongside Eli Mitchell. So we'll see who falls to us here, but we're hoping to double tap running back here at the 118th at the 10.10 and the 11.03. So Rashad Penny does fall back to us here in the late 10th. Interesting note about Rashad Penny is despite the fact that I've drafted him in 35% of my drafts, I have not gotten Rashad Penny with Mark Andrews. You see here, 0%. We've got a lot of, lot of different percentages lighting up in yellow. As players, you know, that's a player that I'm heavily exposed to. But I have zero, despite the fact that I have 35% Rashad Penny, I have zero Rashad Penny with Mark Andrews' team. So I was going to take him, even if I already had Penny with Andrews' teams. But it's just another kind of feather in the cap of why I want to take Penny there. And then Eli Mitchell falls back to us. Here in the early 11th, clearly a player I am taking a lot of. I could consider Jarek McKinnon here, but I do have Eli Mitchell for me personally, my ranks, my projections, just quite a bit ahead of Jarek McKinnon. And so uh, there's a reason I'm getting a lot of him. He fits a lot of the structures that I build. He fits, um, you know, a player that is undervalued for me. And so I'm leaning into that until his, his price raises. But if you said, do, you, do I really want to have, continue to keep taking this player that I have 40-something percent of, and Jarek McKinnon, obviously, uh, if we want to do the Week 17 correlation, I have Jamar Chase on this team. And so there were avenues to where you could argue for Jarek McKinnon, but I still prefer Eli Mitchell, which is a one example that happens all the time where we get on the clock And I'm showing you all these different data points and all these strategies that I'm using to make my player selections over the course of this entire draft. But at the end of the day, you also come down to sometimes that player is so much more highly ranked, rated, projected for you that even though the other player correlates in week 17 or even though maybe you're trying to smooth out your exposures, it still can make sense to take that other player And and Eli Mitchell is one of those examples. Getting close to our 12th round pick here. And we're really fingers crossed hoping for Jalen Warren here. This is one of the great things about these draft hacker overlays. But you see, so Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren, pardon me, lights up in orange. He correlates on this team with a a teammate, a non-quarterback teammate. He correlates in every single playoff week. Indianapolis in week 15, Cincinnati in week 16, and Seattle in week 17. Clearly, I draft a lot of him. I have 35% in Best Ball Mania specifically, 31% in all of 2023. But you see here when I hover over this uh, third third percentage, I have a zero of Jalen Warren with my third percentage here, which is the one we haven't talked about yet, is my percentage exposure to this player with the first quarterback that i drafted and so he's the top running back by adp i also clearly value jalen warren i have heavy exposure to him he's very undervalued for me and a priority for me in drafts he fits everything about this team from a correlation perspective and a structure perspective and i haven't gotten him with lamar jackson no real reason that i haven't gotten him with lamar jackson but sometimes those kind of things just happen just like rashad penny Why do I have zero Rashad Penny with Mark Andrews? Would I ever know that without this data showing it to me? No. And so I can use those things to help drive some of my decisions, even though, again, I was probably taking Jalen Warren. Anyway, you could make a case for someone like a Jordan Love here, but I'm probably going to continue to keep hitting running back. I just don't want to get myself in trouble at running back. One thing I am going to try to do here, however – So if I scroll a little bit to my next pick, my next pick is 166 overall. This is anecdotal, but for me, I've been seeing tons of Raheem Mostert falling in drafts. And so I'm going to pull up Tyler Algier a little bit, who has not necessarily been that kind of a faller. And so... Is it likely that Mostert falls all the way back to 166? Not necessarily, but just me, myself, today, I've gotten Mostert at 166 or later multiple times. And so I want to kind of see if maybe Mostert might fall a little bit because I do want to prioritize one of these Miami running backs. And I also know if I'm willing to push Mostert, even if he isn't available at my next pick, Jeff Wilson might be. And so I can still have that Miami Dolphin kind of in my back pocket. And I do want to target both Mostert and Wilson, but I can kind of play this game and see what the... If I don't get one of them, that's okay. But I can push it and see maybe Mostert falls, or if Mostert doesn't fall, maybe Jeff Wilson is still there. And the only way to to get that to happen is by taking Algier ahead of both of those guys. Almost back on the clock, and Mostert has gone, but Jeff Wilson still hanging around there. Also, could make this a potentially difficult decision in that Jordan Love is still hanging around as is a a potential stacking partner past ADP in Jaden Reed. Knowing that I'm going to take seven running backs, I actually think I might take Jaden Reed here. There's no reason. You see, the two drafters behind me both have two quarterbacks. They don't have stacking partners with Jordan Love. And so I think I'm actually going to take try to get this Jaden Reed, Jordan Love stack to round out my quarterbacks and my wide receivers. I obviously have Mark Andrews as my elite tight end. And so I'll be taking two if, and there goes Jordan Love. So thank you to... This gentleman who has Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff on his team and takes an unstacked Jordan Love for no reason. Okay, he has Romeo Dobbs, but uh, okay. There's the dangers of trying. We tried it, but look, Jeff Wilson falls back to us. This is why we can adapt in every single draft. Jeff Wilson works. Jeff Wilson was probably the priority there anyway before we tried to take advantage of the falling Packers players. And now it's totally fine. If we don't have Jordan Love, totally fine to continue to have, you know, a secondary Green Bay Green Bay Packers stack. So now we have Christian Watson, Jordan Addison. When I click on show playoff view here within the draft hacker, you see my week 17 stacks that I've now built out. So I have Lamar and Andrews, and now I tack on Jeff Wilson with the at, at a good price beyond ADP. We pushed it smartly with the Mostert thing, knowing we didn't really have a preference between those two running backs. And now we got a running back that we needed, our sixth running back on a, a team that <laughs> desperately needed some running back help. He fits with the Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews idea. Obviously we already have our Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Warren, and George Pickens here. And then we just add on a little Green Bay and Minnesota correlation. Did we kind of want Jordan Love on the team? Yeah, we kinda we kinda wanted him. But that's why we can Take some of those risks because it's totally fine, right? If we didn't get Mostert, it's fine. We had the potential to get Wilson. If we didn't get Jordan Love, there, it's fine because we still got the benefits of the correlation with those three wide receivers. In Week 17, we got ADP value on Jaden Reed, an exciting young rookie for the Packers. Who, you know, it's only June 1st, but he's getting tons of hype already at at camp. He's a good fit. And so we'll have to figure out our second quarterback, but we got Lamar. So it's totally fine. It was one of those examples of trying to play this game and manipulate the draft. And even when it doesn't go exactly how you completely hoped, it can still work out perfectly fine. Six picks away from our 16th round pick. We have so far up to this point, Lamar Jackson, at quarterback, Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Eli Mitchell, Jalen Warren, Tyler Algier and Jeff Wilson at running back with Jamar Chase, Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, Jordan Addison, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton, and Jaden Reed at wide receiver, and Mark Andrews at tight end. There's a nice little pocket of running backs I really like here. Gus Edwards just went a few picks before us. He obviously made sense to add on to a Ravens bet and a zero running back team, where I might be needing a little bit of early production, but there's also, in particular, two guys here, who in this little pocket to round out this 7RB room, I really like both Chuba Hubbard and Tyje Spears fit this team. Chuba is uh, the guy I prefer. And clearly, as you can see on my screen here, 22% and 19% Chuba. But again, despite the fact that I have basically 20% Chuba, I don't have any Chuba with Mark Andrews. And so... He's, he was already, again, probably going to be my pick, but just another nice little bonus there. Now, I don't have any second quarterback. I don't have a second quarterback, and I don't have a second tight end. So you're saying, okay, well, now what do we do? Well, I got one of my favorite little backdoor quarterback tight end stacks, of which there are many. But for this particular team, we're going to try to dip our toes into Sam Howell. One of my other favorite um, kind of backdoor-ish stacks that you can do with a quarterback and a tight end is Mac Jones and Hunter Henry. It's becoming a little more popular; it seems everybody's getting on the Hunter Henry bandwagon. But that's been one of my go-to, if not my main go-to, backdoor stack. You see, I have twenty-six percent Mac Jones, but I'm personally trying to take a stand on on Sam Howell and Logan Thomas is another. Late round tight end, who goes completely undrafted, presents me with a a 17th round high upside quarterback. And I have Lamar Jackson, so I have a little cover for that player. He correlates with my Eli Mitchell, gives me another little bit of of, uh, Week 17 correlation. And Logan Thomas just absolutely never, ever gets drafted. And so, again, I don't have any Logan Thomas with Mark Andrews don't have any Logan Thomas with Lamar Jackson. So that's nice. Nice little added perk, little backdoor stack. It, lots of positive reports so far it, as positive as a report can be about Logan, Logan Thomas. But originally I was a, maybe a smidge more interested in dipping my toes into uh if anybody knows me, I like to get a little galaxy brained and get out ahead of maybe some young players like a Cole Turner, but it does appear that Logan Thomas uh, based on everything so far is probably just going to take back that full-time tight end role. And he offers us another way to cheaply backdoor stack um, Washington in which, you know, Sam Howell is my favorite late round quarterback, as you saw with my absurd exposure, but he also fits this team, right? I need a late quarterback and I need a late tight end. So if I'm going to do that, Mac Jones to Hunter Henry is one that makes a lot of sense, but I don't have. If I'm going to side with it, right, I don't have any bills on this team. That's not the only. That's not the only thing that we factor in when we're making that decision. But if I'm breaking ties between, I like Sam Howell to Logan Thomas as a backdoor stack, and I like Mac Jones to Hunter Henry as a backdoor stack. So say I had Damian Harris on this team, or some other, um, you know, some of these other factors showing up here. I didn't have, I've never drafted Mac Jones with, you know, Lamar Jackson or with Mark Andrews. But you see here, I actually have drafted a lot. 43% of the time, you know, Mac Jones is paired with Mark Andrews, right? 25% of the time, Mac Jones is paired with Lamar Jackson. So on this flip side, I'm getting this, you know, I'm spreading out. My bets, I want to make bets on Mac Jones and Hunter Henry, especially as a backdoor stack and just overall. And I want to make bets on Sam Howell and the Washington offense. And Logan Thomas is a totally reasonable. I think he probably should be getting drafted, but is a totally reasonable 18th round tight end. So if I'm flipping a coin between the two, I get the week 17 little mini correlation with Eli Mitchell. And I now get exposure to this Howell, Logan Thomas stack with Lamar and Mark Andrews that I have not drafted yet. And I don't suspect that Logan Thomas is going to get sniped from me. But Something I will just generally do is still make sure I put some other guys who would be fine on this team in the queue back here. You see Noah Fant. I, have, I haven't really been drafting Noah Fant, but he fits on this team with uh, some of the other players that I've drafted. Same thing with Jelani Woods. Haven't been drafting a ton of him, but he fits on this team. And Luke Musgrave, who I haven't drafted yet, but I think I'm going to be starting drafting, mixing in Luke Musgrave in my late round tight end mix. And again, he fits on this team clearly. I have built out a Green Bay passing stack, which is okay to do without the quarterback. That's important to remember that just because you don't have Jordan Love is totally okay. You can still stack up that offense but in this instance we're hoping for logan thomas to go with our sam howell late round qb2 and there we go logan thomas falls back to falls to us i don't think he fell to us i think he was always going to be available but that closes out our team here in the puppy Two. got all kinds of goodness going on with this team We took Jamar Chase, and we actually got him at the 103. Then we figured out a way to kind of maneuver around, manipulate the ADP a little bit, and pull up Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson to give us a little bit of a unique start with Chase, Andrews, and Lamar. Then because we took detours for an elite quarterback and an elite tight end, we were running behind a little bit at wide receiver. So we hit Christian Watson Michael Pittman, Jordan Addison, George Pickens, and Cortland Sutton all in a row in those middle rounds. And then we built out the, the zero RB running back room Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Eli Mitchell, Jalen Warren, Tyler Algier, Jeff Wilson, and Chuba Hubbard. For some people, that running back room might make them sick. But for me, I actually kind of love it. I actually, kind of love it. It's a nice blend of Upside, contingent value, some standalone value, right? Even these guys, Mitchell, Warren, Charbonnet, Algier, Chuba, their upside case, their ceiling case is a contingent bet. Something happens to Najee. Something happens to CMC uh, Charbonnet. Something happens to Ken Walker. Rashad Penny is a little bit more of a... not necessarily a contingent bet. Well, we will see. I'm pretty just bullish that Rashad Penny's going to be great on the Eagles, but again, there's some uncertainty there. But these guys offer this mix where I need, I do need running back points early in the year. I can't just wait for guys to get hurt. And so we were able to build kind of a blend here. Also, Jeff Wilson with Miami could just be, you know, I, I imagine they're probably going to rotate through those three guys, but Jeff Wilson could have a little bit more standalone value as well, and not just. Contingent bet. So we blended these guys who are still going to score points early in the year when I know I need that with a weak running back room. We almost went to the Jordan Love stack with Jaden Reed, but we still got Jaden Reed, you know, almost 10 picks after ADP. And then we closed it out with the Sam Howell and Logan Thomas backdoor, cheap QB, cheap tight end stack. That's our puppy two team. Lots of fun. On that one, we got a little elite, elite quarterback, a little elite tight end, some uniqueness, some fun player combos. We figured out some different players to draft that I haven't personally been drafting, an absolute ton of, and of course, my personal favorite with a zero running back team. Enjoy the Puppy too. If you want to get access to the Draft Hacker and the overlays and use that for your drafts, so a link in the description. Just go to spikeweek.com go dash premium. You can get access to the Draft Hacker. Enjoy all of your Puppy 2 drafts. See you guys later. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on. We draft a team. Boom. You know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date. That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.